What up, world? Past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by my friend and yours, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a freelance sports writer who you've read in the AP, you've read in the New York Times, and you've read plenty of other places over the years. He also has a newsletter and podcast that you could subscribe to known as Blazer Banter. Eric, how you doing? I'm I'm doing I'm staying cool. That's all I can that's all you can really do right now. There you go. That's I mean, listen, lay lay low or whatever. Stay low and build or whatever they say. Uh, yeah, well, we're happy to have you. It is, we're sort of, I'm worried we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, listeners, you are listening to this on a Friday or after that, depending on how caught up you are on podcasts. I'm a little worried (laughs) that while we're recording this podcast, some news is going to happen or right after. So hopefully the timing will work out such that, uh, this, this one has a little bit longer shelf life, but before we get into coach talk and trading Christian James McCollum talk, I want to ask you a basic question. Which player on the USA men's basketball team is Damian Lord most likely to convince to join the Portland Trailblazers? Ooh. Well, uh, let's Let me see. read you the roster and then you can pick, all right? Okay, okay. We've got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Zachary Levine, Kevin Love, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Jeremy Grant. I'm going to say the the overwhelming favorite is Draymond Green. 100%, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's literally been someone that Dame has been thirsting after and 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 Dame's representatives online have also been thirsting after. Yep. Um and so uh very clearly a guy that I think Dame watches the Warriors and is like, "Wow, if I could just have Draymond Green, I would be Steph Curry." Yeah, exactly. You know, he he even if that's not true, he definitely thinks that way. So like I, uh, that's the guy. And then I would say Kevin Love, uh, just, just by doing the local, the lazy local ties thing, Kevin Love, um, which I don't think the Blazers would necessarily want. And then Jeremy Grant, I think is honestly a guy that I have kicked around as a trade idea, because if they're going to build a team around Cade Cunningham, yeah, where is the, where is Jeremy Grant's role? Yeah, it, it, I think uh, the sort of the timeline on kicking Jeremy Grant the hell out is probably at least a year down the road. But I, I agree with you. Like it's if you're resetting to Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, uh, Jeremy Grant is sort of probably not part of what's whatever's next. True. But then again, like if you're them, you have two new guards. Why are you going to trade for CJ McCollum? Yep. So so from their from their perspective, it's like as much as I would like Jeremy Grant for the positional fit. Uh, of having a 3-4 type athletic wing that can create his own shot. But yeah, from Detroit's perspective, that's going to be a little bit tougher to do. Yeah, I think a low-key tampering target is Brad Beal. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know exactly how you get there. Obviously, trading CJ to the Wizards is a non-starter, but some sort of multi-team deal where you send picks to Washington, I think Brad Beal is a, a low-key tampering. Uh, at least, you know, he's like, listen, Loyalty overrated, Brad. I know we talk, we used to talk about this all the time, but you know who you should be loyal to? Me, Dame Dalla. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, that's the, it's, it's the, it's the one ending, I guess, that people aren't looking. It's like, what if the two guys that everyone's trying to trade ended up in the same place? Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, it, it, it's, it's the one ending to this that I guess I haven't really considered that much, but is, is definitely a way that this could end because I mean, what, what, what pick did the wizards get? I don't even know what pick the wizards got, but like, I, I just think that they have a lot of young players there that you'd rather just kind of try to work out. And it's like Brad Beal is great, but it just seems like he's wasting his time there. I mean, they were the 10th seed this year. Yeah, they, they got the 15th pick in the draft. I had to do some quick – I didn't. I couldn't have told you that. I had to do a quick quick internet search. They are 15th in the draft. That is not a game change. 15th and game changing. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, so I guess – so maybe they keep – just because it's not a game changer and maybe they get a different coach because they did fire Scott Brooks, which, dude, these teams just like so many of these teams, they lost so much money. There are team, there are arenas w- working games with volunteers and these teams are eating coach contracts like breakfast. Yeah, yeah. They're worried about their, they're worried about how much money they're making, but they're paying coaches to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, something feels weird. It's like it's like well, one of the clear things I think is is that has happened here is that I think the owners are anticipating a- expansion, like because yeah. they're all about to get free money from the league when expansion does happen. Yeah, you get the expansion fees and you kind of cash in, a, a, and and obviously you you end up spending the money gets spread out a little bit further down the line, but the, that initial bump. Um, you get the expansion fees for sure. I think I, that is a deep conspiracy that I buy into Eric. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, uh, and it's only goes to the team, to the team, to ownership level. It's yeah. not, it's not part of the BRI, uh, the basketball related right. income right, right, that right. gets split among the players. It's a different type of money. So, uh, yeah, it's a weird time in the NBA. Cause this, it's just weird that all these teams are just kind of eating contracts and, and, uh, with these coaches. And I mean, I know that it seems like it would make sense that we're done, but this whole calendar is all backwards. Like I, with back to the Olympics point, like what if Dame can like, that's the Olympics start before free agency now for the first time ever. Yeah. They're going to, they start the, the week of, uh, of July 23rd. That's like a Friday. Um, and then they'll start playing actual basketball later that weekend. Uh, and then, but free agency doesn't start until August. It's the first week of August is we're going to get free agency. So it's, it's a very strange timeline. Usually USA camp would happen at the end of July after free agency started at the beginning of July. So yeah, you're right. Very, very strange timeline. Yeah. It's, it's weird. So like, it's like w- people can laugh at us talking about like the tampering thing. Cause it's kind of it, tampering itself has, is has become a meme in the NBA. Yeah, and it's kind of tongue in cheek for sure. But I mean, this might actually impact some things <laughs> that Dame, that Dame is there. Like yeah. really? Cause there's, it's ne- it's, this has never happened before where the Olympics literally happen before free agency happens. And normally team USA stuff ends up affecting free agency, but it's never happened this fast. And, right. and it usually has to happen a couple years down the line where they say, Hey, uh, you know, in next summer, uh, Miami is going to have all this can open up all this space. Let's all go meet there or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and obviously for, from Portland's perspective, if you're, if you're, if you're Dame, 
you know your only option is to trade CJ for one of these dudes. Right. It's trade and open up the space either in a multi-team deal or straight across a deal or something, you know, whatever it is, some kind of maneuver where you send CJ's $30 million out and you bring back one of these, one of these types. Um, I don't think any of them are like a straight across for CJ type trade, except for maybe Kevin Love, which would be a nightmare, but um. <laughs> that, that'd, that'd be, that'd be real bad. <laughs> you want to, you want to get worse at defense and offense. Let's, yeah. go, let's go there. <laughs> yeah, bring Kevin Love home. Uh, do you think it's like just stay in the Olympics before we kind of shift gears a little bit? You think it's a good idea for these guys to play like in this offseason? This like what what are what is the motivation to play on the Olympic team? Uh, for those listeners, I guess, who don't know, um, you've probably figured out by now. But Damian Lillard committed to play for the 2021 U.S. men's basketball team in Tokyo this summer. Uh, the 12 teams I, or the 11 names plus Damian Lillard, who I read out to Eric earlier, is who's on the roster. Um, but yeah, is what, like, what is the value in going to the Olympics this year? Other than the obvious tampering, the, the tampering, uh, travel. I mean, these guys haven't been able to leave the country for for a while. Um, even though they're going to another bubble type situation, it sounds like, but I do think from what I've heard, like maybe the athletes will have like a little bit of a less strict, um, movement situations, but it's, you know, cause, but the thing is, is like, with the Olympics, it's, it's about equity, especially with the vaccine. Like, like yes, certain countries will have a lot of their players vaccinated but or athletes vaccinated, but how many, will every country have that? And so I, I do think it's – the upside is the tampering, getting to leave the country, experience a different place, and I think also uh, you just get to play a different level of basketball. Like I know for a lot of like I know like Dane doesn't really play pickup in the right in the offseason normally. He doesn't play basketball at all from what I understand in the offseason. Usually just like swims and boxes. It, I mean, and maybe part of this is uh part of him wanting to commit this year and do something with his time and his body to exert himself is maybe a sign that it's like, you know what, man, I'm just gonna do me. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that's fun for Damian Lillard. And for the first time in my NBA career, I'm not putting my franchise first. Yeah, you get to win a gold medal and add to the legacy and those things. Like that that stuff matters. Um it matter like uh, sell more Adidas. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's all there's there's some secondary stuff that matters. Yeah. I do think um just like energy-wise, uh it's a lot like you're it's still high-level basketball. Like you're still going to have to play high-level basketball. It's taxing on the body. Um so you better hope the Blazers roster sort of coalesces to allow Dame um, you know, even more time, more time off than he's ever been afforded. Although I mean, I mean, remain pretty skeptical of that happening. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's a really, it's a definite concern, you know, being in the load management era and then also coming off of the bubble and then the layoff and everything. But, you know, this can be a way he can kind of stay in shape. And, and one thing that is a, a good thing about playing in Team USA, at least in, in, in the past, in Olympic years is a lot of times when guys go to the Olympics, they usually have a really great season after going. Yeah, uh, the Olympic bump is is a thing that um, I don't think it's it, it. It kind of hits and misses. I don't think there was as big of an Olympic bump after the 2016 um, year. Um, although I guess like the Warriors were pretty good uh, when when KD and Draymond went, so um, maybe it, it still exists. But yeah, I, I think like in the past, the 08 and the t- 2012 teams, like all those te- all those guys, like kind of took a step forward. Um, particularly sort of the secondary stars who went on those Olympic uh, trips. Yeah, and so and Dame Dame was knocking on the door for a long time and and paid his dues and and kind of and kind of got left out 
for you know I think political reasons yeah, a lot he of wore times. The wrong shoe, yeah, he just wore the wrong shoe. It's not yeah. his not his fault. No, exactly. He he wore. I mean, we're seeing it in the W right now. I mean, <laughs> with, with, go to the wrong college, wear the wrong shoe. You might end up not on Team USA. Yeah, there's a lot of politics there with uh, who gets to don the red, white, and blue for sure. Absolutely. So I I I do think though that Dame. It's a twofold approach, I think, for Dame. It's it's he gets to be out in the world and do something fun and expand his horizons and experience something new that is like, you know, and he also might be able to improve his franchise's situation at the same time. Yeah. Let's uh, let's come back in the second segment and talk. We've already touched on it a little bit. Well, let's talk in earnest sort of about CJ McCollum trades. That's the Blazers Avenue to getting good. Um, let's let's discuss that avenue. But first... Let's talk about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. That's what it is. So if you want to bet on literally any sport, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, the National Hockey League, UFC and MMA, MLS, the NWLS, the WNBA, the Euros that are going on right now. We've reached the knockout stage in the Euros. You name it, they got it. Head on over to BetOnline and when you're signing up to make your first deposit, make sure you put in the promo code Locked On. and you get a 50% welcome bonus. I didn't mention it, but you want to bet on the Blazers next head coach? That's available too right there on betonline.ag. So when you're signing up and making your first deposit to place your bet on who will be the next head coach of the Blazers, again, use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So we talked about Team USA and Damian Lillard's inclusion on the Olympic team this summer in Tokyo. And now we're still chatting here with Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a freelance basketball writer who you've read in the New York Times and you've read in the Associated Press, and also the writer for the newsletter Blazer Banter, which also includes a podcast. Eric is is uh, is is joining us. We got to talk. We got to talk about trading CJ McCollum. This is the Blazers' sort of path to improvement. Um, just, per, just give me a percentage. Uh, uh, Eric, what are the likelihood? What's the percentage likelihood CJ McCollum is on the Blazers roster when training camp opens in the fall? Thirty percent. I would say I, it's a. I would say it's a seventy percent chance that he's traded. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I, I, I would. I would maybe even go a little bit higher, but I think thirty. I think thirty percent likely to be on the roster is probably probably right around the range. Um, I think that's really fair. Um, they're going to explore it. Like they're just, they're going to do it. It's, it's a no doubter, right? Like even without sort of, uh, you know, there's, there's sort of things you can really grab onto the way Neil O'Shea responded to our friend, Sean Hyken's question. Are you going to trade CJ McCollum? And he said, Sean, how dare you ask that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, among many great moments in that press conference. Sean, how dare you, how, how dare you ask this obvious question? But what he didn't do is deny it. He just kind of chided Sean because he was in chide mode. Um, So like that, among other things, and just like beyond that, like you just look at how they they don't have cap space. They don't have a draft pick. CJ's their best, most tradable player. This is the avenue they go to. um, They're, they're going to, they're going to press forward. So yeah, I think it's a real I think it's a real thing. I don't know if it's going to be like Ben Simmons. Like I think <laughs> I, I've, I've been joking on here. It's like the 76ers get to call 28 other teams. They don't have like the Blazers get to call Philly once. Philly gets to call 28 other teams and figure it out. But it, I think it doesn't, it's a, I, it doesn't hurt though, that every other podcast is putting that out in the world. <laughs> it's everywhere, right? 
It's literally everywhere. And I honestly, I, I threw this out here on our la- on the Bulls versus Blazers with Sean last night that oh, it's going to be up there. It should be up when you're listening to this if you want to listen to this. But basically, I made the same point. Like, CJ Bean connected to Ben Simmons in all these trade talks on all these podcasts is elevating CJ McCollum's status yeah. after, after what was a poor performance for him by his playoff standards. Like, he did not play up to the CJ McCollum standard. In the postseason, he just did it. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, he he's he's been hit or miss in the playoffs. When he's been good, he's been really good in the playoffs. Like he's had some really nice moments. The 2015 against Memphis, uh, 2019 against Denver, even 2019 against OKC. Okay, okay, he, really he was great in that series. Yeah, too. he kind of gets lost in the sauce because Dame was also very good. But but CJ was phenomenal in that first round series. Never forget it. Um, Actually, you guys can forget it. I don't care what you. I don't care. I don't care what you remember. Just subscribe to the podcast. Um, but then he was he was not good enough. Um, and I think we're at a point where um, where it's just it's you have to make a move. And you and mm-hmm. you know you've got Norman Powell. His his future is probably tied in some ways to to what the team does with CJ. And I think you want to kind of like figure out what you're doing with Norm as you're figuring out how you deal with CJ. But th- this seems like the summer it's finally going to happen um, without sort of like playing trade machine. Uh, we were talking about this a little before it started. It seems like before we start recording, it seems like the teams in the playoffs, even the teams in the playoffs that have small guards, they have an ability to be bigger. And I feel like that's just like size on the wing is when you watch these high level playoff teams, like that's the difference, right? Like, don't mm. you think that's sort of where the Blazers are lacking right now? Yeah, they've never had size and shooting on the wing. They've had size sometimes. They've had shooting sometimes. They've never had guys that give them both. And obviously, it's hard. If every every team could have that, every team would be in the championship or in the in the final four here, as we as we sit with like the Hawks. But like you know, we we talked about you know Kevin Herter. Like he's offensively, he, you know, he's very skilled, but he's like, the biggest thing was he was able to shoot over Seth Curry. And it's like, and sometimes just being able to get that easier shot because you're taller, still one of the fundamental things about basketball is like being tall helps. Yeah. Being big is really key. Like, you know, everyone's small ball is the thing, but what you really want is sort of like small ball where small means six foot six. (laughs) Yes. Where everyone's six, six. Yeah. That's like, that's the right size. Um, I think you get for small ball. And I think you're seeing that you, you know, you're seeing it. Phoenix has a bunch of sort of like six, six, six to six foot nine wings that they can throw out somewhat interchangeably with Jay Crowder and, and Mikhail Bridges. And, you know, I guess they're bringing in, um, and, uh, my man, Cam Johnson, how could I, how could I not show him? Wow. Wow. You almost forgot your Tar Heel. I did. I almost forgot. Yeah. Uh, the Tar Heel who guarded LeBron James in round one, lest you forget. Um, yeah, you you know you just see the size. Obviously, the 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 Bucks are very big on the wing, and when they're not very big on the wing, they have Pat Connaughton, who's six five or whatever, um, and they don't play Bryn Forbes very much. Like I think, like I don't know how you thread this needle exactly, but the Blazers have they need versatility and size on the wing, and I think we've just reached a point where the Damon CJ experiment doesn't offer you that. Well, I came up with an extremely mad trade. This okay, month. give us on, your on crazy Monday, trade on, machine on Monday. All right, give it to us. So a four-team trade with four teams that had less than ideal endings to their seasons. We have the Lakers, the Pacers, the Trailblazers, and the 76ers at the table here. And the Pacers are where everyone is having trouble. 
which I understand. But the trade is the Sixers get C.J. McCollum and Derek Jones Jr. from the Blazers. The Blazers get Ben Simmons from the Sixers and Miles Turner from the Pacers. The Pacers get Kyle Kuzma and Talon Horton Tucker. And then the Lakers would get Nurkic from the Blazers and Justin Holiday, who gives them a 3 and D wing to just help play around LeBron James. He's a, you know, low maintenance type of guy that, you know, those type of guys always seem to thrive around LeBron. Sure. Um, and so that's why I made this trade. Obviously, it works out amazing for Portland, which is why I made it. Like, it, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, You've crafted a really nice trade for the Trailblazers. I mean, it's clearly like it's like if you were going to create a fit for Ben Simmons in Portland with Damian Lillard, you need a guy that can space the floor like Miles Turner. And I've thrown out and it's like you could get cheap with it and get someone like Daniel Tice, who's also a stretch big guy uh, who, you know, would work well with a Ben Simmons type of player. But I mean, that's also the other thing, too, when we talk about a Ben Simmons trade for Portland is like you're not just trading CJ if you do that. you got to remake your entire like philosophy outside of Dane. Yeah, you need some you or you're just you're running into the same problems that Philly is, which is that Ben Simmons is really good. But then when you get to high level, the highest level of basketball in the playoffs, his fit with with if you put him around any other non shooters, he becomes such a dud. And if you take the ball out of his hands, he just doesn't exist. And also sometimes he doesn't want the ball in his hands or to even dunk it. And it's like I mean, it, it, it was it's been bad. And obviously it's like and I get the resistance to even wanting Ben Simmons at the moment because it's like. I mean, I don't know if Damien wants to fucking play with Ben Simmons. Like after, right. after, after, and 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 he hears the same things that we're all hearing now that he doesn't work hard, and it's like to Damian Lillard, that's like that's just like a sin. Like like like, like it truly is. Like that's his whole life. Yeah, is, and is, is, and is, is Dame is Dame like still committed to the to doing what he did for Nurk and kind of being like, here, let me show you the way. Like, yeah, age, let me be at, your, let me be your big bro. Like, does he yeah. really want to do that? Does he, does he, I mean, you got to think at some point he wants to play with um, people who share his sentiments or whatever his approach. Which is, which is why, you know, the other trade that's a lot less sexy and blazer fans are going to, a lot of blazer fans are probably going to fucking hate it is 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 the like very basic less impressive three team swap with Philly, Golden State and the Blazers. Where you do a Draymond Ben Simmons CJ swap. Right, off, and the Blazers off. end up with with Draymond who's arguably the worst player in the trade, but his fit might be better. Yeah, I mean it it's a pretty unsexy deal. I mean, I would love it cuz I love Draymond. I I I am a big I'm a huge Draymond fan. I mean, like he—he's the defensive Boris Diaw. Like he's—he just like I like that. I haven't heard that before. I like that. Yeah, I—that's—that—that's how—that's that was that's always been my like. He reminds me of Boris, but for defense. Like it's just like he changes the way you're supposed to think of the game. And like to me, like it would be cool. And you don't know how much he has left, but at the same time, it's like you don't have a lot of time to take too many more shots. You know, like in yep. Dame's prime, with yep. Dame being this good, so maybe it does make more sense to go with a guy who's at the closer to the end of his career than at the beginning, like Ben Simmons is. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think. I think here's here's kind of where I've landed on the Ben Simmons top stuff, and we've talked about it all week on this podcast, dear listener. If you are listening to this, this has been a Ben Simmons heavy week, and we haven't even hit the real off season yet. So uh, either either you're welcome. 
or I'm sorry, <laughs> depending depending on what kind of listener you are. But um, Simmons seems like the best player, like overall talent wise, you could trade CJ for, and that is the enticing part. But it doesn't fit. It, it's like he he still creates, there's still more wrinkles to it. There's still more, there's still more to the puzzle than that. Um, it is mm-hmm. not, unfortunately it is not NBA 2K. He does not have an overall rating. He's not just an 89 or whatever, 91, or maybe he's less now after the playoffs. He's 84. Um. <laughs> well, and the Turner thing that I threw in there too, is like, that makes you sense. Cause like the, the Pacers are almost at a similar place than with the, bla- that like the Blazers are very similar. I'd say, yeah, like th- their two best players play the same position basically. Yep. And it's like, it's like at a, at a certain point, like, what are we going to do? And like, you know, so I think, you know, and Miles Turner was a guy that was on the block reportedly last year. So like right. it, it, it's, you know, that's not like, a he's shocker. definitely the CJ to uh Domas's uh, game for sure. For real. Exactly. Um, let's come back in the third segment. Let's close out the show with a little coach talk. We got to hit all the, we're going to hit all the headlines, uh, right here. But before we talk coaches, before we talk Blazers, potential coaches, let's talk about Bill Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. That's what it is. That's what they've been doing. Bill Bar comes in nine delicious flavors. Uh, my personal favorite is peanut butter brownie, but they got something for everybody like salted caramel or raspberry, cherry, coconut, almond, or if you're not into nuts, just straight coconut. Um, if you don't know what you like, then I recommend you try a mixed box. You'll get two of each of those nine flavors. You can try them all, decide what you like, and then buy more from there. Decide what your family likes and buy more from there as well. Uh, All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They got that candy bar-like texture. But if the deliciousness doesn't sell you, what if I told you that they've each got 17 grams of protein and no more than five grams of net carbs? All tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked On Blazers. Still here chatting with Eric Garcia Gunderson, a contributor to the New York Times and the Associated Press. And, the, and a writer of a Blazers-centric newsletter, Blazer Banter, that you, sub, you can subscribe to on Substack.com, as well as the co-host of the Bulls vs. Blazers podcast, which is available on Patreon.com and also wherever you get podcasts. Eric, we talked about Team USA. We talked about trading CJ McCollum. The last headline we got to hit before, before we get out of here is the Blazers' coaching decision. Um, it feels like we know it's going to be one of three names. Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond, or Mike D'Antoni. I know the answer to this question, but I'd love to hear you say it out loud. Who's going to be the coach out of those three? It's going to be Chauncey Billups. Yes, it is. <laughs> Unless something very weird happens. I think Chauncey's always been the guy... And nothing has changed, really. Is no. that fair to say? No. And I'm I'm even starting to hear names of potential assistant coaches for Chauncey Billups' staff. So take so that as bit. take that as you will. I mean, we don't know if that's if it's going to happen because I'm sure, like in these processes, they'll ask you in an interview process who's going to be one of your assistants. So don't right. you know, like it, it. But you know, David and it, David Fisdale. Uh, there was an article today in the Undefeated about him getting back into coaching. And he's a guy I've heard connected to a potential Chauncey Billups staff. Uh, so uh, an elite assistant, not a very good head coach, but a really good assistant coach. Very, yeah. very successful as an assistant coach, and maybe just didn't have the right 
situation or whatever as a head coach. But those are different jobs. I've said it a bunch on here. It's mm-hmm. a, just that's a different job in the league. Yeah, and, and and to be an assistant is more about player development. It's about scouting the opponents, coming up, you know, like like things like that. Like it's a little bit more about basketball and just like the the game and less about a lot of the politics. Um, and so. You know, and 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 again, if you're going to have, if you if they are going to insist on hire, if, if O'Shea and and Co are going to insist on hiring Chauncey Billups, you need an experienced staff for a first time head coach, just Absolutely. like what Brooklyn did with the what what, what we call the Vibes Council. <laughs> with Mike yeah, I mean D Brooklyn, and everyone Brooklyn put D'Antoni on there and Kenny Atkinson, like multiple E-may. people. Yeah, Ime, guys who've you know coached in the league for a long time, head coaches in the league for a long time, like people who just because there's X's and O's stuff, but there's also just sort of like uh, timeout management, rotational management, and just uh, ego management, like the human element, which I think assistant coaches can have a good grasp on, but it's very different when you're the assistant coach playing sort of good cop, bad cop versus like the guy who's making the ultimate who plays and who doesn't decisions. Um, it's, it's, it is a different skill set to be sure. Well, and like the, I mean, the undefeated story is great. I would encourage any NBA fan to go read it at all, but like the, under, like, Fizdale basically talks about how, like, you know, that he he had to really he's been able to reflect about like what went wrong in his two head coaching jobs, and you know, so and also I think as we saw with Ty Lue, even if you were deserving of a head coaching job, the best way to get one if you're not a head coach is to be an assistant coach. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the Fizdale article on the undefeated by uh, Jesse Washington was very good. Definitely read that. Um, but I think. Yeah, he's a he's uh, would be a good he's the type he fits the profile the type of assistant coaches they would need for a Chauncey Billups head coach staff. Right, you you need you need experience, and I think even same goes for Becky Hammond. Like if Becky Hammond is the head coach, they should have some experienced head assistants with head coaching, having had head coaching experience around her if she's going to be the choice. Yeah, I I think it's the same idea. Regard, you know, I'm with you. It's the same idea regardless. You need experience because there are... The games happen fast. And while the regular season is a different beast from the playoffs, there's still sort of like little minor adjustment things or little just day, just day-to-day stuff of being a head coach that someone who's like been through the rhythms can help you figure out and can help you figure out off the court and then the on the court in game stuff, it's just so helpful to have um, real experience behind you on the bench if it's your first if it's your first time as a head coach. I mean, they even you even saw it when uh, Vogel got back into coaching is that the Lakers just said, let's have a super experienced staff. You know, mm-hmm. let's have Lionel Hollins and let's um, and, and Jason Kidd and just like a bunch of people who've been in the league because we're aiming to win a championship and we want, you know, all sort of like all strong voices or whatever. I mean, they hired Phil Handy also too, who's like a very renowned player development coach. I right. mean, also, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Handy also like like if the Blazers are really serious here, like they should no longer be cheap about the assistant coaches. Because I'll be honest, their assistant coaches were not paid as high as a lot of the rest of the assistants around the league. Like that's yep. just they they were not, and yep. and so like that's something that I think if they're going to not replace Olshay which they're not going to do, it looks like now. In the near term, probably not. Then they then they should throw that Vulcan money at the bench because that's one of the only things they can really do to improve their team as well, in addition to a CJ trade. And it's a good signal to send to Dame. I think that's, uh, to me, like, and I've been saying this a bunch, like the biggest thing that, the biggest way you can send, like, 
you can tell Dame you're serious is to spend the money, is to ownership to spend the money. Mm -hmm. And that's spend the money in trades. It's spend the money to go, um, you know, a little bit deeper into the luxury tax maybe than they've been comfortable with going before. And 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 it's shelling out real dollars to build the best coaching staff you can possibly build. That's how you show Dame you're committed. Um, he's dude. Dame has his fingerprints on so much in the organization. Um, but if you're, if you're trying to convince him that this is, you know, that you're not comfortable with being just okay. One of the ways to do that is to spend like you are plan on being an elite team. I'm sure Dame wouldn't mind giving Dame sevens to assistant coaches that make more money. I don't think. you. <laughs> <would>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, I, I mean, hell, I mean, who knows? I mean, one guy, you know, we haven't heard him very much connected to, to, uh, Head coach jobs. I mean, what if Vanderpool comes back? Like, I mean, I, would- I think that's pretty unlikely because one, I think it would be weird for him to come back in the same thing, and two, I think if they if the organization wanted Vanderpool, he'd already be here. Facts. Um, you know, like yeah. it, he no. just he'd already be here. Uh, so you know, I don't think it's totally out of the question. I just think it's pretty unlikely because. They let him leave to go get more money. If they wanted him, they could have just given him the same pay raise, the whatever. Maybe not the same job title, but the same pay raise um, that he got in Minnesota. And then when things went south and and Minnesota kind of skipped over him to hire Chris Finch, and and the Blazers probably at that point knew that they were going to almost certainly fire Terry Stotts, then you could make your move, right? Like mm-hmm. there's there's then they, yeah, then they, they could have done that right then and there if exactly. this if they were going to do it. So yeah, and I, I think they want a voice that that isn't Dame's bud. They don't want him a friend. They want someone who he will listen to and maybe the things that Dame does that are not always perfect, um, then they'll have someone who can kind of hold him accountable to be the best version of himself. Yeah. And I mean, this is the one thing that everyone says this about Ty Lue is that like, that's one of the things about him and like the LeBron stuff is that like everyone would, you know, the meme was that he was LeBron's yes man. The reality was that he was the only person in that, on that coaching staff that would challenge LeBron. Right. And right. he was the only one that would be straight up with him and be like, you're playing like shit, LeBron. Like you need to, excuse me, but like. Yeah, you have, you can't not try on defense and then yell at people for not trying on defense. Like you, you gotta be the, you have to be a tone setter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and so you do have to have somebody like that. And so it's like, you know, and that's, so it would not be that way with, with Vanterpool probably because yeah. the, like they are really friends and that's, um, I mean, that's a bond as as cliche as it is to say that the people in the league will say that's bigger than basketball. <laughs> Indeed it is. Um, Eric, where can people find more of their of your stuff if they are looking for it? Uh, you can find my Blazers tweets at Blazer Banter, um, where and also the newsletter, blazerbanter.substack.com. I have not written in a couple of weeks, but I'm kind of waiting for this coaching search to materialize instead of, you know, waiting on or writing about you know, all the rumors and all the stuff that we've heard about. I kind of want to wait until sure. uh, that's what, that's what Twitter's for. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, but Mike, thanks for having me on bros. It was a fun, fun to chat. Yeah. It's always, I always enjoy it. We'll have to, we'll have to do it again soon. I know that both of us are uh, busier during the day when we would, than we would like. So finding these uh, sort of windows to pod, to record a podcast, not always easy. Uh, Listeners, I mentioned before, but make sure you subscribe to uh, Bulls vs. Blazers wherever you get podcasts and support the Patreon. Uh, Eric, is it's a podcast that Eric does with uh, Sean Hyken. It is not about the games. It is about the sort of vibes and drama of the NBA. Some The, the best parts of the league are things that happen off the floor, and they do a wonderful job uh, bringing you up to speed on those things and providing uh, some funny insights into those types of things. Uh, 
Eric, like I said, we'll do it again soon. Dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.